You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. That sandstone is closer to surface, and what it does is that it it provides us with the chance with the opportunity for unconformity mineralization at shallower depths. This is where Accio really gets exciting, is now we can have both styles of mineralization. We can have basement hosted, we can have unconformity hosted, both in an open pit style of setting. So it's this is, this is the perfect place for discovery and perfect place being that we're about 30 kilometers away from full-blown infrastructure. There's a haul road between the MacArthur River mine, which is one of the highest grade uranium mines in the world, and the Key Lake Mill. We are 70 kilometers northeast of the Key Lake Mill as the crow flies. So we're within infrastructure. Power line is there. Uh, we've got labor forces nearby. Uh, the heavy equipment we can pull those in off the haul roads and off the off the highways. So everything is right there. This is it's a great place to make a discovery. This is Mining Stock Education. I'm Bill Powers, and in today's show, we're going to be speaking with James Sykes. He's the president and CEO of Baseload Energy. He's been a guest on the show going back to 2017. And he is a uranium geologist obsessed with finding uranium in the Athabasca Basin in, in uh, northern Canada. So, James, welcome back onto the program. Thanks very much for having me, Bill. Always a pleasure. Yes. And you announced uh, a new discovery uh, recently with your company this past week that we're going to talk about. But just to kind of set the context, could you, in layman's turn, explain uh, your Athabasca 2.0 theory of discovery? And in layman's term, talk to us about what is an unconformity deposit and a basement-hosted uranium deposit. Okay, I guess that's the proper way to start. In the Athabasca Basin, there are two simple rock types, one being basement rocks, which in very simplistic terms, just think of a granite. So everyone's probably walked on a granite, you know, they're, they're very hard rocks. And then on top of those granites are sandstone. So just think of walking along a beach, but having all of those beach sands just solidified together. Now those are, those are your two very simplistic rock types, sandstone, basement. And that contact between those two points, between those two rock types is called the unconformity. And in the Athabasca, we have, it, it's a structural domain. So you've got the rocks moving and they're creating faults and fluid pathways. And when those faults that are derived from the basement go up and hit the sandstone, hit the unconformity, if they have uranium in their fluids, then they can precipitate out uranium. And that's how you can grow these deposits through repeated structures and repeated structures. But there are other type of deposits in the Athabasca that are completely basement hosted that don't have uh, don't have that unconformity style of mineralization. And these ones can go deeper, uh, but it's, it's a little bit different uh, geological setting and structural setting on how the two form, which in layman's terms, that's what we're looking at. All right. And so your discovery is Accio, you've named it on your hook project. Uh, break this down for us. What did you announce here and what's the significance? So what we announced here is that we had an intersection of 16.2 meters, which we reported radioactivity right now. We haven't had, we don't have assay results yet. We're hoping those to, we're hoping to receive those within the next two to four weeks. Uh, but the radioactivity results are promising. There was an intersection just north of us on the uh, 
our neighboring project and in a drill hole that was 450 meters north of where we intersected. And they had uh, 5.5, 5.3 meters of 760 CPS. We had 16.2 meters at 642 CPS. And CPS stands for counts per second. It's just a way to measure radioactivity. Uh, we've confirmed with our, with our instruments at site that the radioactivity is coming from uranium. So that's, that's a very positive thing for us. To convert that CPS into uh, U308 grades, we can't do that. But fortunately enough, the, the the drill hole to the north of us, they have their assay results back, and they came back with 5.5 meters at 0.12% U308, which is which puts things into perspective that we can expect something similar. But we also did hit what I would consider to be high grade. Now we I can't officially you know, announce that it's high grade or anything like that. I'm speculating that it's high grade simply because we had a little section that had uh, 10,000 counts per second, which from my experience is typically greater than 1% U308. So that is very exciting. Uh, put all of that inter into perspective as well is that the, the intersection is between 110 and 130 meters from surface. So this is a near surface type of deposit, all, all hosted within the basement rocks. So we don't have overlying sandstone issues. And it's because it's near surface, this has the potential for open pit amenability. So James, with the, the measuring of radioactivity, which you've announced, for my listeners that focus more on gold stocks, you have, I believe it's called the XRF gun, where you can you know shoot that over the core and get an approximate reading of the metal content. But you're telling us with this radioactive reading, it's actually more accurate than something like the XRF gun for gold and silver investors. Would that be accurate? I wouldn't say it's more accurate. No, I, 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 they're, they're two different things because the radioactivity that we're measuring, it comes from three different sources, uranium, thorium and potassium. So there could be a little influx of, of radioactive uh, radiation that we're measuring from those minerals. However, like I said, the the instrument that we do have up there did say that you know, the majority of our radioactivity is coming from from uranium. So once we get the assays back, and we'll have a much better understanding. There's also because we're what we intersected was in some clay rich intervals that we don't get a a one to one reading with the radioactivity because the clay can mask radiation. It can it can basically dilute it. In a, in a very simple term. But it, from, from 15 years working in this industry, you, know, you see the rocks, you see the alterations, and you see the CPS, and you can start, you can start gauging. So very excited. And for those that don't know your background, you were an integral part of the team that discovered Rough Rider and Arrow, right? Arrow for sure, yep. I was the lead geologist on that one. Uh, Rough Rider, I joined after the discovery, but my work had led to two more discoveries. Yes. So when will you get the core back for Accio? We are expecting the assays to be within two to four weeks. It still hasn't been sampled. I will be very honest about that. I'm going up to site today, actually, so I can go look at the core and then we'll sample and we'll bring it back and get it into the lab. So I'm expecting between two to four weeks. Okay. So as you alluded to, this drill hole is right on your property boundary and uh, 92E had another good hole across the boundary. And I believe this sits within, is it a 1500 uh, meter wide uh, anomaly? Isn't that correct? So, so 
speak to us about what more you might speculate on based on the results you've seen so far between your two holes. I would expect more. I would expect far more. So like you said, this is a 1500 uh, long anomaly and it's about 350 meters long. Now it's not to say that what we see will be restricted to that. It could be, could be quite broader, but you've got two drill holes that are spaced 450 meters apart and they both intersected radioactivity and we can, you know, I'm, I'm speculating that it's, that they're both going to be uranium mineralization. That's huge. That's absolutely phenomenal. Because I, I recall that we were getting blasted at, uh, when we were drilling Arrow, we were getting blasted if we would step out 25 meters. People are saying, oh, it's too far of a step out. You're not going to see anything. And we're, we're seeing 450 meters and both intersections. To me, that just speaks of a whopper. Uh, it just speaks to a very large zone. Is there any data sharing that you're, I mean, now that you have your hole, could there be data sharing that you would do between the two companies as you both kind of try to find more mineralization? I think that could be a very, uh, very good possibility. I think it would make sense. Um, fortunately, everything's going to be pretty well up on, uh, <clears throat> up in press releases and, and available publicly anyway. So we can gain we can glean from each other's sites that way but uh, to make this move uh, it should be a co-shared opportunity i think uh, that 1500 meter uh, anomaly literally splits both projects in half so uh, 750 on either side so if you have like a string of pearls situation i mean uh you know you basically have to work together or it would be to your benefit if you would work yes, together yeah absolutely yeah. Yep. And what, what potential challenges might that present also? If the project is literally split in half, what challenges might you have to work through? Uh, I guess if, well, it really de depends on what comes after. Uh, step number one is both companies, they'll have to, well, we'll have to just expand and, and see what's really down there and get to the point, get to the resource stage. From there, do you get into the feasibility? Like, is it worth getting into the feasibility? Is it not? Make those decisions and then just keep going from there. The biggest problem I see, well, I wouldn't even call it a problem, but where there could be issues down the road is just when it comes to, to mining such a situation. Now, is a major going to come in and buy one side versus the other? Is one side going to have a larger deposit than the other? We honestly don't know. There's a, there's a lot... There's a lot of variables uh, at play in the future here. So we're just going to take it one step at a time. Like I said, we'll, we'll be looking to, we'll be looking to share. We're still making those, uh, those roads into that, but until now it's just, it's explore, drill. Let's prove these things up. And what, what is the next plan for exploration? We're currently drilling as of right now. We do have a drill on site and we will plan to keep going as long as possible. We've increased our meterage. Uh, basically, we've got an open budget um, just, just to complete this, this drill program that we're on right now. So there's you know, sky's the limit. The only thing that'll take us out of there right now basically is the weather. So we're helicopter supported. We're losing daylight hours as we get closer into winter. Freezing temperatures come in. So the water lines for the drill start freezing up. And that's, that's our big ticket out of there, I guess. But we would be planning to come back into January, uh, two rigs at least, 
and just pounding it out for as long as possible. I'd like to see about 10,000 meters into this area just to really get a, a firm grasp of what is really there. And that is the next step. What happens after that? Well, I guess it depends on the winter. We've got a couple of plans for, for some more reconnaissance exploration happening in the summertime. But like I said, just for this time, it's going to be uh, just planning out six months ahead. And your cost per meter for this area of the world, what would that be? I have over budgeted at $400 a meter, all in sustaining costs. Canadian? Uh, yes, Canadian. Uh, I haven't crunched those numbers out yet to, to figure out what the actual costs are, but I know that I've over budgeted at $400. Uh, to, throw, to throw out a very interesting number for you, though, from, from staking and flying two airborne geophysical surveys and just running these drill programs and the field programs, we have spent $1.5 million Canadian to get to this discovery. So I think that's uh, that's definitely a testimony to to our company and to our to how we use our shareholder funds uh, you know efficiently. Uh, I think that's a huge return on investment and I'm happy that we've been able to do that and that's that's the way that we continue to move things forward. And that 1.5 added what about 25 million Canadian to your market cap since the announcement would that be about right? Yeah, that's a good investment. Good return. Yep. And to put it in perspective, if you're successful here and you drill it out and prove a resource and it becomes attractive to a producer, Arrow is worth what today? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Arrow is worth a billion. Arrow is a huge deposit. And your market cap today is? 50 million. 50 million. Okay. So that would be the upside. But that's only one of your projects. Uh, What else do you have going on that investors should look for? We do have our other projects. Well, let's stick with Hook for now. Uh, Hook and Accio Zone. Uh, I I just alluded to that the summertime we would be exploring for more. So what Accio has done for us is has it's really helped us learn uh, some of the recent geophysics that we've done. Uh, We flew an airborne gravity survey. I'm a huge gravity nut. I love it, but I've always done ground surveys. I've never really really got into the whole airborne thing, but it has expedited our our exploration on other projects. So what we've learned from this drill season using the airborne gravity has been absolutely phenomenal. And this, it helped, this is how we're going to, uh, or really refine what we want to do this summer is already looking at the data. We've got some very juicy targets, things that uh, get me excited. like my leg shaking right now, thinking about it, <laughs> but that's, that's where we want to get to in the summer. But because of that, we can now take that onto our other projects where we have flown airborne gravity and use that to our benefit as well. And in doing so, I've already picked out some great targets for catharsis. We're still spitballing the idea that if we go to catharsis this winter, uh, we can drill some of these targets and it would be great. However, we do have Accio and that's the big push right now. So we might just focus on Accio and then come back to catharsis in the summertime for an exploration drill program there. But it's you know, now is the time to really get some more news out there. So we'll play things by ear. Uh, our shadow project, we're still trying to push forward. We're still trying to uh, to get through the consultation phase and get exploring on there. But once we do, it's very simplistic and straightforward. Fly an airborne gravity survey. We've already got the, the EM survey done. And then we're basically drill ready at that point. So you have multiple projects that are drill ready. You may be drilling more than one project, but the focus is going to be Accio. And you have how much in the bank right now to do all this? 
We've got 11 in, in the eleven million in the bank and about 9.6 of that is flow through shares. So we have to spend all of that by uh, the end of 2022. So it will be a very active year for, for baseload for sure. Okay. And James, as we conclude, any anything else you'd like to say about upcoming catalysts or things investors should look, look for? Well, the upcoming catalysts are pretty straightforward that... You know, we will continue drilling. I'm hoping that we can pop in at least three or four more holes into Accio, uh, get some decent results, learn learn the geometry of the mineralization and be able to predict where it goes. I guess the other thing I'd really like to mention about that, two things before we sign off, is we did intersect sandstone. Now, if people have seen my presentations in the past, I, I come off as very anti-sandstone. However, we have a thin enough skiff of sandstone that is not a problem. We don't have, we won't have water issues. But that sandstone is closer to surface, and what it does is that it it provides us with the chance, with the opportunity for unconformity mineralization at shallower depths. This is where Accio really gets exciting. Is now we can have both styles of mineralization. We can have basement hosted. We can have unconformity hosted, both in an open pit style of setting, and then. Less opportunity that. for flooding because that's been the issue in the Athabasca. Exactly. Yeah, there would be no opportunity for flooding. You, you, there's not enough water infiltration with such thin sandstone. That's the beauty of it. So it's this is this is the perfect place for discovery, and perfect place being that we're about thirty kilometers away from full blown infrastructure. There's a haul road between the MacArthur River mine, which is one of the highest grade uranium mines in the world, and the Key Lake Mill. We are 70 kilometers northeast of the Key Lake Mill as the crow flies. So we're within infrastructure. Power line is there. Uh, we've got labor forces nearby. Uh, the heavy equipment, we can pull those in off the haul roads and off the off the highways. So everything is right there. It's, just, it's a great place to make a discovery. And you got the best Rolodex in the region too, right? You know all the drillers, you know the people that can get things done efficiently. That's it. Yep. And that's that's it. Our drill pro, our drill contractor that we're using right now, absolutely phenomenal. These guys are crushing us with core. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good. All right. Well, the company is Baseload Energy Corp. Website is baseload.com. And that is spelled B-A-S-E-L-O-D-E. Ticker symbol in Toronto, F-I-N-D. Or as your chairman uh, suggested on Twitter, perhaps you should change that to found from fine, James. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if the regulators go for that. And then on the OTC, you can purchase it or look it up under B S E. N-F. James, really appreciate this update and congratulations on this discovery. Thanks, Bill. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. 
concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.